0: God is at work here. You indeed are a special congregation, and God has a blessed man. who will be joining you here one day soon in the future. Welcome, all of you, to this place. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, how grateful we are. Thank you for this praise team who has led us as we sung to you and about you and our experience with you. Father, may the best of all that be our goal this week. As we worship today, may we be focused upon you. And as we leave this place, may we be focused upon you. And we, when we go out into our world, some to school, some to a business, some to a ranch, some retired, wherever we go, remind us that our focus is to be upon you, for you holy and you love us and you want the best for us and you want us to spend eternity with you in a guaranteed hope that you've given us. And so, Father, help us indeed to live that way. Once again, we lift to you our search committee. Keep them in the very center of your will. Keep them together and show yourself to them. Father, we love you. And we want to love you more. I remember the old... Song that Linda Randalls has sung. Lord, help me live so there's no big change when you call my name. We just come into your presence. Prepare us for that. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Our children may make their way to uh, Children's Church. And you'll know where to find them when uh, church is over. And thank you, praise team, for leading us in such a marvelous, marvelous fashion. Open your Bibles to the letter from the big fisherman, First Peter chapter 1. I begin reading in verse 13, and we'll read through verse 21. First Peter 1, 13 through 21. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance. But, like the Holy One who has called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy." If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your st- <coughs> pardon me, your stay or your sojourn on the earth knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he who was foreknown before the foundation of the world but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. It's a wonderful, wonderful word from God for our hearts, minds today. At a time, in another place, I played considerable amount of golf. I started when I moved from an area like Mason to the big city and gave away my bird dog and had to do something to get outside. But I remember a day I was at the golf course. I was paired with a man whom I did not know. We, we met, talked a bit, as you do. When he found out what I did, he looked at me and said, uh, What do you think of Jimmy Swaggart? And that was just after his indiscretions had been made public. And friends, we must not forget that they always are. I looked at my new friend and I said, Well, he's a sinner. So am I. And so are you. And he said, "Well, I guess so, but I'll tell you one thing: he sure doesn't practice what he preaches." Well, a bit more current, I I was talking to a pastor friend within the last two weeks, and the subject of Jerry Falwell Jr. came up. And my friend said, "I really don't know how to pray or what to think. It's so disappointing." And when you think about it, that's been a bit of the history the last year or so in particular. With the failure of far too many of God's people to live like God's people. In the early chapters of the book of Romans, Paul issues his indictment. Really, against the Jewish people. And in chapter 2, verse 26, he quotes Isaiah, the prophet of old, and he said, The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Isn't that a serious statement? that those of us who might be identified with the Lord of glory could cause others to blaspheme because of us? It's a real problem. And you know something I've noticed about unbelievers? Unbelievers who have no relationship with our Lord may not believe a thing that we believe, but they want us to live like we believe it they want us to live like we say it's important for us to live but there's another problem when performance does not is not mirrored with profession hope diminishes what makes one a Christian? We become a Christian when by faith we turn to the Lord of glory and invite him in our life and, and commit ourselves to him. We're, we're taking a stand that he is right and he is ours and we belong to him. And if we're not careful, if we do not live that way, if we do not live under his lordship, we Begin to drift away, and hope inevitably diminishes, and people leave, drift away from the church. Well, we are sinners, but when we come to Christ, we're saved sinners. Uh, this week in the newsletter, I, I, I wrote my column as I usually do. I, I'm sure all of you have read that. Some of you probably memorized it. Have't you? okay. But I told about Adolf Ehrlichman, Eichmann, excuse me, who was the mastermind of the persecution. Elimination of the Jews in World War II. In 1983, Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes did that interview with Yahel DeNuer, who was a survivor of that concentration camp and was called to bear witness against Eichmann when he was finally caught and brought to trial. And in that sixty minutes interview, you may recall, Mike Wallace showed a film clip, and, and it showed Denier walking into the courtroom and looking over at Eichmann. And in the film clip, Denier begins to weep, and to weep so strongly that that he faints. Wallace, what was wrong? When you saw him, did it bring back the memories and you couldn't stand it? And the gist of what he said was, no, I looked at him and saw he was just a man. He's like me. I could be like that. And in the end of the 60-minute segment, Mike Wallace said, Eichmann is all of us. There but for the grace of God. We are capable of so many things. Jeremiah, the prophet of old, thundered out the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Is there hope? Does the word of God have something to say to us? Performance must mirror profession. Practice what you preach. That really is what this section is about in In First Peter, and he reminds us of some things. For one thing, <clears throat> if practice is to mirror profession, then there is a preparation to be made. The favorite call of our day is tolerance. For most people alive in our time, the biggest sin capable of commit, being committed, is the sin of intolerance. And so we're to tolerate anything and everything. I remember when I was a student at Howard Payne, we had a professor named Dobson. And Dobson would say to us in class, young men, it's okay to have an open mind, but you sure need a screen door to keep the bugs out. And I find that true. Three things are necessary for that perfection in verse 13. For one thing, we are to prepare our minds for action. Did you catch what Peter said? Therefore, prepare your minds for action. In some of your translations, it will talk about taking in a, a tunic, to get ready for battle. In, in the clothing of that day, when they got ready for battle or got ready to run, they would raise that skirt-like deal and take it in the waistband so it wouldn't be in the way. If you want a modern translation of this, it's roll up the shirt sleeves of your mind for action. It is a call to guard your heart and to guard your mind. Keep your shirt sleeves rolled up. The the writer of Proverbs said, the preacher in Proverbs says, a man thinks in his heart. So, is do you remember Paul's words in Colossians chapter 3? Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep on seeking things above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand, Uh, of the throne of God. Set your mind, continually set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. You and I were called, we're to keep our mind set upon Him. You will recall in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said over and over again, you've heard that it was said of, of old, but I say unto you, when He got to... Sexual sin, you, you've heard it was said of old, do not commit adultery. But I say to you, do not even look upon a woman with the purpose of committing adultery. And you, and you want to say, what? Is it, is it as bad to think it as to do it? Well, that's not exactly what Jesus wants us to realize there. He wants us to realize that, that, that the sin that ultimately committed begins in the thought process and that if you think about something enough, you will find yourselves doing it. We are to prepare our minds for action. We're to guard what gets into our mind. And then he says we're to be sober. And the word is an a word. It does mean to be sober, not intoxicated with alcohol. But it also means to think soundly it can mean to have self-discipline it means to be in control of your own actions we would understand in the power of the holy spirit you discover that i i have a deep appreciation for my teachers in college and seminary i learned so much from them But McGarmon in Greek at seminary was always saying, you know, a man is going to have God as God or he's going to have less than God as God. That is, you and I are going to be controlled by something. Do we want to be controlled by the one who loves us and who gave himself for us and who has guaranteed our inheritance Or do we want to be controlled by something else, a beverage, a drug, a temper? What is it? What is it? And the call is to be sober in mind, be self-controlled, be God-controlled, so that your mind is centered upon Him. And then he says at the end of verse 13, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of, of Jesus Christ, that which really matters is what's out there in our future guaranteed. That's the preparation we must make. But there also is an obedience that must be demonstrated. Look again at what Peter has to say. As obedient children states it pretty positively. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance. Don't be like you were before you met Jesus. Don't be like you used to live before you tasted tasted deeply of the grace of God in Christ. Live like you're going to spend eternity With him. Verse 15, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Unbelievers, pagans, act like pagans. They should, but we are not. It used to be in some of our past for sure, but not now, because we know Him. And so Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I have commanded you to do. Uh, that, that has its negative side. There are some things that we ought not do that we must immediately confess when we find ourselves doing. And there are plenty of things which we should do on the positive side because of who we are. And you'll know, find sometimes, as our mind is centered upon God, the most healthy thing we can do is ask ourselves what are the consequences? What is the meaning of this action? Do you really want to lose the respect of your children or those you've led to Christ? Are those with whom you've walked and worshiped and prayed? Do you want to give occasion for the name of God to be blasphemed? What are the consequences? And we're called, we're called to obedience. And then he reminds us that if performance, Is a mere profession. There is a holiness to be achieved. Look again. Verses 15 and 16, it is written, Be like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. God is holy. Holy. In fact, it's interesting, some of you may recall that the, the Hebrew doesn't do its comparative and superlative like we do in English. In, in the Hebrew language, when you want to emphasize how intense something is, you repeat it. And when you want to really emphasize how superlative it is... You repeat it again. You do it three times. Do you remember what Isaiah saw when he went to the temple after King Uzziah died? Holy. Holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. If God is anything, God is holy. Holy. It means he is consistent to himself. It means he is wholly other. And it's interesting because God is love. And you should feel loved by God. But the Bible never says God is love, love, love. God is joy. But the Bible never says God is joy, joy, joy. So far as I can recall, the only thing the Bible says about God in that typical way is God is holy, holy, holy. And if there's anything about God, we ought to realize it is indeed He is holy. Don't refer to God as the old man upstairs. The commandments that speak of taking the Lord's name in vain means to take the Lord's name and drag it through the dirt. We, we don't want to do that because God is holy, holy, holy. And then He says that we shall be holy because He is holy. Are you holy? Now, I, I'm, I'm not talking about holier than now. I'm not asking you if you had to readjust your halo before you came in this morning. When we talk about being holy for God, the, the, the emphasis really is on being set apart, being called. It, it's, it's an amazing thing to me. The God who is holy, holy, holy has looked at me and you and said, I want you to be set apart for me. I want to use you. Can you imagine? I want you. The God of the universe. Wants us to be holy. And so we're to be a sojourner on this earth. We're not home yet. We walk with him and for him and experience a joy that only he can give. What else might that mean? It means that we're to live because God is judged with a, a reverent fear. A reverent fear. Verse 17. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, you know, three different times in First Peter, Peter talks about God's judgment. And you and I, you and I, will have to give an account of ourselves before God. Fortunately, there's grace. But the judgment comes. Because of that, Conduct yourselves, he says, in fear during the time of your stay upon the earth. To live in fear. Now, the word is the word from which we get our word phobia. But in the context of our relationship with God, it doesn't mean fear like you might be afraid of COVID or fear like you might get afraid in Halloween if you're like my little grandson was year before last. But it means an awe, A-W-E, an awe of God. God, who is holy other, wants relationship with us, and I, I want to please Him. I, I, I found my, myself over the years since having gone through college and, and, and seminary and being impacted so very strongly by prophets who were godly, godly men. I, I wanted to please them because I respected them and loved them. That, that is what this is about with God. God has given you and me the very best that God has to give. And we want to love him. And we want to stand in awe of him. And more than anything in all the world, we want him to say at that time we stand before him, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your salvation. It'll be because of grace. But it is our hope. And now, now look at how Peter goes on to explain that. Verse 18 knowing that you were not redeemed. That's such a beautiful word. It's a market word. It means to buy, to buy, to pay the price. You were redeemed, bought, not with perishable things, not with things, not silver or gold, you were bought from the feudal way of the life inherited from your fathers, uh, forefathers. You, you, you were saved from all that, but with the precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. God gave Jesus glory because of his obedience and because of what he did for us. John the Baptist, as he saw our Lord coming out to be baptized of him, remember what he said? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John, in his gospel, chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld It means to gaze upon intently we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Nothing this side of that is really going to last. How grateful I am for the things we get to enjoy in this country. Material things, yes. Freedoms, yes. But the real guarantee is what God has done for us in Christ. So, so, live in faith and hope. I I remember so well, uh, if you have teenagers in your home right now, You can live over it. I I remember our son leaving at night in Dallas, you know, out on the streets. Dad, nothing's going to happen. Son, why do you think they call them accidents? Son, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Now, I didn't mean remember you're a PK. I meant remember you belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. Live like it. Live like it. And you? You belong to Him? In the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's keep on keeping on until he comes for us. Father, your word, such a sword, so direct for us, so precious to us, burn it upon our hearts, seal it in our minds, let our minds dwell on you and let it continually change us so that we live indeed as people of hope. Father there be one today that never has looked at our Lord and said my Lord and my God might that happen today there's one who needs to follow him in believers baptism Uh, may that decision be made today if there someone you call, a a precious family or young person to be a part of this church. May, May it happen today. God, may you have your will here. And may we rejoice. May we rejoice in you. So help us sing with all our heart. And let us say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, very quietly and reverently, let's stand together. If you need Jesus as your Savior, come, let us help you with that. If you want to follow Him in believers' baptism, come, let us help you with that. If you want to become a part of this church, come, let us help you with that. Let's all sing. Let's all give our best to God. Let's respond as He calls us. So, sing. I'll meet you here at the front.
1: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste, glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture burst on my side angels descending bring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest I am my Savior, happy and blessed Watching and waiting, looking above Filled with His goodness, lost in His love This is my story, this is my song. Praise Him, my Savior, all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praise Him, my Savior, all the day long. Praise Him, my Savior.
0: Be seated, please. Could you use some really good news? Genevieve, come sit by me. Can you do that? You can bring your son with you and daughter in law. This young lady just prayed with me and asked Jesus to come into her heart. Woo! Isn't that great? And uh, Jed, she's going to think about it, but she may be wanting to go with you out there next Sunday afternoon uh, to the river. And uh, But we'll, we'll, you you can, you can talk about that. It's it, it just great news. And uh, all these folks out here, they become your brothers and sisters in Christ. You've got a big family. I know. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And that makes us so so very happy uh, and and then i in in all of our prayers this morning i I don't know that we paused and and thanked God for the rain uh, you know over over in Willow City, we had five inches of rain last week. And that's more than we've had all year. And you can't talk Jed back there. He's talking about the, the ranch that his boss has over in, in Lampasas had 12 inches. They just hogged it all. But how grateful we are for that rain. Amen. Eddie, would you stand where you are and, and voice a prayer thanking God for the rain and ask him to send some rain we had some more this morning. We we we'd take some more, wouldn't we? you all come see my mom here? There you go. Now, we're going to go right back there while we sing, and folks are going to want to come by and give you a lovely bump or whatever right. we, that we do, could do and could get by with these days. And look at Jimmy and say, Welcome to the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful sound? Should that be you? Uh, If you've been thinking about baptism as a believer, that really is your profession of faith, uh, and you put it off, and you'd like to talk about it this week, you you can see me. You can talk to Jed back there, uh, one of our lay ministers here, and we'd love to see you make that statement. It is a joy to follow God. It is a joy to know that you belong to Him, that you're saved not by stuff, but you're saved by the unblemished Lamb of God. So let's stand together, let's sing, and then we'll be dismissed.